0: It's noon here in Ventner City New Jersey and our nation's capital washington d c and this is news that you can use from car edge for Wednesday, November first I've got the date right today apparently yesterday I said it was august thirty first so I apologize uh for that and 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 well my name's Ray that's Zach and i may I say one thing young man may i i i yeah, think, come on. I, I I think you You have the word slightly out of order in in your headline today. I believe it should say, is Toyota abandoning America? Not Toyota
1: is. Uh, Or or you can correct me if I'm wrong. I was going to start today's show by congratulating my dad on his podcast accomplishment. That being said, we are going to have to jump straight into (laughs) the data, folks. We'll come back to the podcast. Congratulations here in just a moment. Pops, we have... The yes. latest earnings from Toyota and a few troubling trends. I'm going to start here from Cox Automotive. The first thing I'm looking at, Dad, when I read through Cox Automotive's analysis of Toyota's yes. uh, quarterly earnings report is the fact that Toyota's sales actually were up 12% year over year. That's great, right? Like yes. the fact yes. that, that Toyota's sales were up, that's a big good sign because their sales had previously been down significantly in the most recent quarter. The, the area where I get, conf- uh, I don't want to say confused, I get concerned because I understand. Yeah. it. The area where I get concerned at is when I think about their market share. Yes. Toyota's Motors US sales totaled 590,000 units, up 12% from a year ago with overall US sales up 16%. Toyota's total market share dipped to 14.9%, down a half of a percent. For comparison, Toyota's share was 16 in the equivalent 2021 quarter. So we've seen in two years, dad, Toyota reducing their market share by two and a half points, which when you do a percent change, that's that's significant. That's about 15%. They've dropped about 15% of market share in those two years. And at the same exact time, dad, Toyota has come out and we'll talk about this. We'll pull up the auto news article in a second. Incredible profits, like truly globally incredible profits, the most output they've ever had. We've talked about it on this channel. We've talked about it on the Car Edge channel. Toyota is making a business decision. It costs them more money, or it costs them more money, and they make less in, in net profit when they sell cars in the United States. They make more money, significantly more money, when they sell their vehicles internationally. Toyota is okay with sliding market share in the United States if it means more profits globally. And today's quarterly earnings prove that out, I think. What did you make of it?
0: Well, yes, their quarterly earnings are up. Their sales are up um, 12%, while the industry sales are up 16 So they're below what the industry is doing. Um, not to pick on your math skills at all, but that th- they've dropped about 1.75% of market share, not 2.5%. Um, and that's not the that's not to suggest that losing 1.75% of market share is a small thing that's a big thing that's a big deal um yes their profit margins for selling vehicles in the in north america is much lower than it is in other parts of the of the world now having said that they also just committed another 8 billion dollars um to continually investing in their North Carolina battery plant. So the total amount that they've committed to that plant now is $13.9 billion. That's a far cry from abandoning America, okay? It does show that perhaps um, what they're looking at for America is slightly different than what it had been in the past. They want to be the world's largest automobile manufacturer and perhaps they're thinking they can do that without with while still being America, able to, yeah.
1: while still being able to give up market share in the united states to me i think that's the breakthrough in thinking and i see some comments in the chat i'm going to pull up this one from igor he's saying everything will change very soon zach igor i love how you always all caps my name I'd always, i always <laughs> yell it in my head everything will change very soon zach For Toyota market share in the US, uh, because my sources tell me they will bring a small compact truck to the United States to compete with the Ford Maverick at a $24,000 price point. I hear you, Igor. I hear you. And I hope, I want you to know, in my heart of hearts, I hope you are right. The thing that I struggle with is Ford has demonstrated their inability to justify producing their inexpensive Maverick. We work with a Ford dealer now. They're in our car The number one vehicle we get requests for is the Maverick. I call the dealer every time just to double check. They don't yeah. have any coming because Ford's not producing them because they're not as profitable as the big F-150s are. And so I look at Toyota and you can look at, and we're going to talk about it in a second, global output for Toyota is the best it's ever been. They set yeah. records. Yet in the United States, their average transaction price continues to be higher than it's ever been before. And their market share and sales here are lower at least their market share is, and their sales are not the highest they've been before. So I struggle to rationalize their organization, looking around and saying, "You know what? If we sell cars in Africa or Europe or Asia or literally anywhere except for the United States, we can make more money per unit. Do we really need the United States? And why would we then go to a twenty-four thousand dollars small pickup truck? Why? They don't. They don't. I don't think they actually want to compete there. They want to sell sixty thousand dollars." you know, land cruisers, Dad. And their their production schedules, their sales numbers, their market share, and their profit numbers, I think all demonstrate they don't need the United States. They really don't. They're making record profits internationally.
0: They don't they don't need the United States like they used to need the United States, but they still need the United States. You you don't commit to $13.9 billion in investment in a in a battery electric plant in in North Carolina if you don't think you need the United States. Now, having said that, they also said that they'll be cutting back some of their EV production, that they've cut back what their projection is for the amount of EVs to be sold globally, all mm-hmm. electric, and they're concentrating more still on hybrid vehicles because – the hybrid vehicles, which make up about 28% of all the vehicles that they sell, um, those hybrid vehicles, the profit margins in those are equal to their gas vehicles and certainly much higher than their electric vehicles. So they they want to create that bridge, the hybrid bridge to get from ice to EV. Mm-hmm. They've <clears throat> no, no manufacturer has been more committed to that bridge than they have. And they see a global slowdown in EV, EV sales, all electric vehicle sales, and think to themselves we need to double down on hybrids. That's where the money's going to be for the time being. Not in EVs, not in full battery electric vehicles, but in plug-in hybrid. And and so that's what they're, they're nimble enough to be able to do that. And, and perhaps they were too slow reacting to the EV market and, and because they were too slow, um, they find themselves in a better position than most because of their hybrid divisions.
1: Possibly. Perhaps. I think I think that all I mean, could have been serendipity, could have been strategy. No matter how you slice it, they are all in on hybrids and not so much on electric vehicles. We'll see how that impacts their global sales and their their corporation. I want to tie back one other thing to this kind of like abandoning America concept. I want to pull up here just so everyone understands the numbers that influence my thinking. Toyota's Outlook calls for production of Toyota and Lexus brand vehicles to climb to a record 10.1 million vehicles in the current fiscal year ending March 31st, 2024. Truly remarkable yes. that a corporation can operate like that and produce 10 million vehicles. I'm, I'm, I'm in disbelief. Meanwhile, it expects consolidated global retail sales to soar to a record 11.38 million vehicles in the current fiscal year. So records across the board. Mm-hmm. In the banner July to September quarter, Toyota's operating profits soared to $9.65 billion, nearly three times, like two and two and a third, two and uh, two thirds, excuse me, more than the $3.77 billion a year earlier. And on a global basis, Toyota delivered a stellar double digit operating profit margin of 12.6% in the quarter, up from a respectable 6.1% the year before. These are the numbers. And then you pair it with like, well, what's going on in the United States? the the situation for toyota in the united states is not nearly as rosy they don't make 12 percent net margin or operating margin on every vehicle that they sell they have in the united states we know this we cover it all the time distributors that are yes. another hand in the in the mix that end up jacking up the prices to consumers so they have the distributors here in the united states and also the uh, the selection of vehicles we know that if toyota wanted to and produced more vehicles, they would sell in North America. It's just not near... They don't make 12% in North America. They make 12%, 13%, 14%, 15% in other countries. Yes. Which, again, record numbers across the board, not record numbers here in the United States. And to me, intentional business decision to not be going you know as hard as we can here in the United States. And you can't blame them when you look at the numbers, Dad. You truly can't blame them. <clears throat> I, I
0: I I think... I think they believe that they're going hard enough in the United States. Okay. They could go harder. They're not willing to at the moment. Um, we have read in the past where the profit margin on uh, North America, for North America, is about 3%. Okay, so where do you want to concentrate your efforts? Do you want to concentrate your efforts in, in – in the part of the world where you make a quarter of what you make elsewhere, or do you wanna look elsewhere um, and grow those markets at the expense of losing a little bit of market share in the United States? Even at 14.58% of the U.S. market, or 14.9% of the U.S. market, that's a lot of cars. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: don't get me wrong, dad, but we know we talk to dealers all the time. They cannot get their hands on certain inventory that is yes. a hot commodity. I mean, we talked to Marcello. That was a video we posted on the Car Edge channel. He had customers, and it pains me, he had customers dying before they could pick up their car that they had ordered. He had customers that he had to turn away because they wanted a Sienna and they don't even know when they're gonna get the next Sienna. All the while, I'll pull it back up on the screen. All the while, on a global basis, Toyota delivered a stellar double-digit operating profit margin of 12.6% in the quarter. And for some context here, guys, Stellantis last year made 18 billion for the entire year. Toyota made half of that, more than half of that in three months they i'm gonna get so much crap in the comments abandoning america you're wrong zach you're wrong guys if they're not doing it now i'm telling you i think they're going to continue to double down on africa on asia there is no what is what is the smart business decision to be going being bullish about the united states and i saw the comment in the chat that they pulled up on the screen. PH Gamer says, by distributors, do you mean dealers? No, they have two layers in the United States that they have to go through that profit off of selling Toyota vehicles that they don't have in other markets. There are distributors, literally like companies that Toyota made relationships with, contractual relationships with back in the 60s to help them distribute their vehicles to the next party in line, which is the dealer. Yes. Every single time these people touch the vehicle, that's where their profit margin, that's where the margin compression comes from. Why doesn't Toyota make 15% operating margin here in the United States? It's because Southeast Toyota distributors takes out and Gulf States Toyota distributors takes out some of that money. The dealer takes out some of that money. There's just not enough dollars to go around all the while. The prices of the doggone things keep going up. The average transaction price for a Toyota dad is nearly $40,000 for the brand, including Lexus. It's north of $40,000. So... I just think the writing's on the wall in terms of where they're going to continue to invest, and they're, they will invest in manufacturing here because it allows them to, uh, you know, get tax breaks and things along yes. those lines. But internationals, we are going to see Toyota continue to grow, continue to be most concerned, and continue to be most profitable. And it's a justification, you know, money money talks. It's the justification for how and why they're going to act that way.
0: Yes, and 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 so I. I think if I heard you correctly, they're not really abandoning America, but they're not quite as
1: bullish on America as they had. Been. If I, I believe that's what you're saying, they are pulling back, man. I think they are intentionally pulling back on North America because um, I think we see it in Canada as well um, from talking to our contacts there. And I think they are. I mean, we had this other comment from uh, from Igor here. Zach, don't discount Toyota of, uh, of America yet. Yes they do better in Africa and Latin America and in Asia but America is the largest market for them especially with the luxury lineup. So maybe what I think is going to happen or maybe if is right maybe we're just going to continue to see the uh, price appreciation of Toyota products in the United States while they go for the volume play more internationally no matter how you slice it I don't like how that looks uh, for well, customers who are I, waiting I, you know a year for a pickup up uh, I, I, I
0: Yeah I think what it means is is that they're going to maintain limited vehicle availability in the past they were what was considered a mass market brand it was not uncommon for a toyota dealership to have three four five hundred vehicles in stock at any given time okay and today you're getting calls from a toyota dealership because my gosh we got 77 we need some help well you know 77 is a drop in the bucket compared to what it used to be. So I, I, I think they're they're going to continue to go down the path of constraining vehicle availability in North America to m- help continue to maintain those profit margins for their dealers who aren't getting as many cars as they had in the past. And this placates the dealers because it allows them to make more money per vehicle sold than they ever have. So what they're doing by tightening inventory levels, at least in North America, is is they've pretty much said to their Toyota dealers, here's a printing
1: press, print all the money you want. And that's what the dealers are doing. Yeah, it it certainly, certainly seems that way. And I think that is, I saw a comment in the chat that said, Zach, you don't think they can do both at once, you know, like scale internationally and scale in the United States. I think we're seeing how they're going to implement that strategy, which is we're just not going to produce a lot of vehicles in the United States. The dealers are happy. Enough customers are happy. They're not, they're not abandoning the brand in a big enough way because we're seeing the market shares down one75 points so like you know 15 percent over two years okay we can live with that all the while you know we're growing exponentially internationally and it's much more profitable i guess that is to be very clear that is how they're going to do both and it's just an unfortunate reality it's not how toyota operated even three years ago three years ago is how do we get as much market share in the united states toyota taking the market share title from gm was a huge deal yeah huge deal when that's not going to be the future of toyota in the united states they're going to sell fewer vehicles for higher prices and they're gonna make up the volume internationally. Just a new, a new normal. That's the new normal, I think. I think you're on to something, young man. Let's switch gears for just a second and give my dad a huge congratulations and ask everyone in the Car Edge community and here that join us at Ray on the Ray and Zach channel. We launched a podcast. My dad launched, I should say, a podcast, James and Justice on the team. Uh, you know, helped him get this off the ground. It is called Auto Insiders with Ray Shevska. We actually have the Daily News You Can Use show that you're listening to right now as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, and Spotify as well. I just want to thank everyone who tuned in and listened to Auto Insiders with Ray Shevska. We had set a goal and there was a bet on the line here that if this <coughs> show became the number one show in the automotive category on uh, Apple Podcasts, because it, and it, just to be very clear, um, if you can listen to both of the shows, Auto Insiders and this show on Apple Podcasts, leave reviews. It helps us out immensely. It just builds awareness for what we're doing. The bet was or the goal was that if that happened, I would owe my dad a steak dinner. And before I pulled up on the screen, Pops, when I called you yesterday yes. and I told you, because we'll yes. cut to the chase here, you are number one in the yes. automotive category. Yes. And you are actually, we'll do it live. Let me check. will be pulled up on the screen. We'll do it live with everyone here. You are number two right now, as of this morning, in the leisure category. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I will and I will say to you today when I get the get the how the hell
0: could that possibly be? I mean, stop it. That doesn't make any sense at all. But Just in case it does, thank you all very much for for having listened and tuned in, and and hopefully we'll continue to do that. And uh, I don't know if that means I get a steak dinner every week if we continue that way, uh, or if I just get that. But I believe, if I may, I believe the key word in what Zach said was, I owe my father a steak dinner. (laughs) Doesn't mean he's going to pay. Just means he owes me a steak dinner. Big difference, ladies and gentlemen.
1: <laughs> Huge thank you to everyone who made that. A, a, I mean, the phone call yesterday was just awesome. Oh, like, when was I called crazy. you and you you were just like, what the? F-? Like, what the yeah. hell? Um, it's also <laughs> a YouTube channel. So please go check out the YouTube channel. So I'm just so excited. Just so excited. It warms my heart. Uh, and I was shocked. Honestly, I, was, I am shocked right now. The number two. Leisure podcasts in the country, like that's wild, man. That's awesome. Well, you know, the show is very
0: leisurely, it's uh, it's very relaxed, it's very laid back. It's you know, I think it's fun, but what do I know?
1: Hey, man, I've enjoyed listening to them as well. Um, but again, a huge thank you to the community again, slash podcasts. We appreciate if you can go leave a review over there. Uh, same for this show as well. Over on Apple Podcasts, it's pretty cool. We actually have 2 of the top 5 automotive <laughs> podcasts right now. And I feel very humbled. And uh, right. also, like it's kind of funny to see your face pop up there twice. Alright, let's switch gears here just a little bit, Pops. Let's talk about... Um, we've got sales numbers starting to come out for the month of October, the month that has come and gone. And one of the things that I found interesting when I was reviewing those sales numbers is with regards to inventory trends. So we will get the latest inventory data from Cox Automotive and V-Auto and probably give it like a week, I'd imagine, in the next week. I would think, yeah. That being said, we got an update here for uh, mid-October, excuse me, inventory levels. It says, overall new car stockpiles stood at 2.3 million vehicles. In mid-October, Viato said up from $2.1 million in mid-September and well above the estimate of $1.5 million in mid-October 2022. Days supply in mid-October reached 62 vehicles, according to Viato, the highest level since spring 2021 and up from 48 days in 2022. So even just this little insight here, Dad, inventory of new vehicles up to $2.3 million in the middle of October. We're going to get yes. the end of October numbers in a week. We are seeing a reversion to the mean. And I can attest to this because we just had another dealer group. We had three dealer groups actually yesterday, Dad. Email, call, text me, asking how can we get into the CarEdge dealer network? We want to sell cars the CarEdge way. We, we need help selling cars. So it is happening, folks. Like It is very much happening. And If you are a dealer out there, you can obviously reach out, Zach, at CarEdge.com. But it is happening, Dad. Dealers are sitting on inventory. Yes. And they're looking for customers to buy it. That's what that says to me
0: well and and
1: <clears throat>
0: if anybody's shocked by it, well, you know they they need to get their head out of their ass. And the only reason I, the only reason I say that is you can't keep loading up dealers with fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety hundred thousand dollar vehicles and expect that they're going to continue to sell at a record pace. Yeah. They're not. You've 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 left off too much of the market. You've left off the people that can only afford somewhere between $20 and $30,000. You've you've left off the market of people that can afford a $30 to $40,000 vehicle by loading your dealers up with everything that's $50,000 plus. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me, and it shouldn't surprise shouldn't surprise dealer principles. It certainly shouldn't surprise the manufacturers.
1: Um I actually sense that from my conversations with the dealers that have been reaching out to us, asking for like how do we get involved with carriage? Tell us what we need to do, Tell us how we have to price stuff. Tell us how we have to treat customers, whatever it is. They've been asking. I hear resentment in their voice every time. I've even had some of these owners tell me, Zach, we're in these meetings with with the OEM and we're we're tearing them apart because we can't sell these cars because they're so expensive. So it is, I'm actually really starting to sense, you know, the dealers are feeling the financial pain of it. Of course. The OEMs are the ones that made these decisions. They made the bed, you know. They don't have to pay for it because the dealers are the ones sitting on all the inventory. Think about how terrible the relationship is right now between a Ford dealer or a, a Jeep dealer and the OEM. But there's swimming in inventory, and it's because Jeep said that the great idea was to make the Grand Cherokee a $70,000 SUV. Like, that's at the crux of it here.
0: It, it, this all goes back to what I've, I, I started to realize, I guess now, it's like 48 years ago. And that is that it is not a partnership between – The OEM and their dealers. The OEM is concerned with building and distributing their vehicles to their dealers. Once they distribute that vehicle to their dealer, they get paid for it. Okay. The dealer doesn't get paid for it until he finds a retail customer for it. The dealer relies on the manufacturer to create a product that a their customers might actually want to buy and b to create enough excitement for that that vehicle that customers will come into the dealership to take a look at it when you have taken 83% of americans out of the marketplace because in that recent survey, when they surveyed people and said, do you feel like you can afford to buy a car? 83% of the respondents said no. Well, if if you do that and you're relying on the other 17% to keep you afloat, there's only so many people that can afford that $80,000 Ford pickup truck or that 116,000 Grand Wagoneer. I mean, when when Grand Wagoneers are more expensive than an Escalade, you have to question the viability of those in decision-making positions at those manufacturers. Yeah, I get it. You want to go upscale. God bless you. Yeah, really? You're going to price your stuff above industry leaders because, well, you just decided that you could and you should? It doesn't work like that. The way it works is you've got to engage your customer. you got to know what your customers want and maybe, just maybe, build what it is that they want as opposed to what it is that you want to
1: build. It's, so The disconnect, the chasm between what consumers want we were talking about this earlier with Toyota. Yes. Supposedly a $24,000 small pickup truck. I can attest to this because I see it day in and day out now. The number of Ford Maverick inquiries we get is outpacing all the other Ford inquiries at least two to one. And every time I call the dealer, they tell me the same exact thing. Zach, we wish we had them. Yeah. If we had them, we'd, we'd, we wish we had they're at They're looking to me and they're like, but can you help us sell this $90,000 F-250? I'm like, you know what? No one's actually been interested in that. I wonder why.
0: Yeah. So maybe if we divide it into thirds, uh,
1: you know, and and you and you have three thirty thousand dollar vehicles. You know, the the miss between what the OEM, the leaderships, the executives, the people in product planning at the OEMs thought consumers would want in November of 2023 could not be more wrong than what consumers are are demanding right now, which is affordable quality vehicles what options do you have out there for that toyota all right honda all right well though they've also now made i'll speak only for toyota because we don't know yeah. honda's plan my sense is that toyota's plan is great we don't need to produce as many american vehicles because we actually make more money elsewhere what option does that leave for consumers hyundai kia i guess well and we know the quality well, issues that hyundai kias have subaru maybe mazda well, maybe yeah, but, you know you're just you running know, out of options but you know i mean if people want a relatively
0: inexpensive pickup truck. Well, guess who's not making them? Subaru doesn't make those. Mazda does, but they don't distribute them in this country. I mean, there could never or would never be a better time for Mazda to figure out a way to bring back their their uh, pickup trucks to this country. I, I think they would sell like hotcakes. Um, you know. When I watched the World Series the other night, I told you that I saw Chevrolet mentioned three vehicles that, that were cheap. The tracks, um, something else, and and the other was the Colorado. So there is there is a less expensive pickup truck out there. There's not a lot of them because even they're not building a lot of them. You know, they yeah. build some to create the interest. They don't build enough. To to uh, satiate the demand, so yeah. it, it's kind of it's the 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 disconnect between the dealer body and the manufacturers um, as inventory starts to build back up has probably never been been um,
1: more apparent. Yeah, I think the chasm has never been larger, and I don't think that's uh-huh. hyperbolic to say. And you're going to see it manifest itself. We're going to get new November incentives over the next couple of days. We're going to get December end of year incentives. They're going to be ridiculous. They're going to be huge. You yeah. Know, so we encourage everyone to stay tuned. We'll be sharing all of that as it comes out. But Pops, let's, let's hit our favorite segment of our show. Really? You got to be kidding me. All right. So it kind of is in the same vein of the conversation we're having. You know, let's let's give some flowers for a moment to General yeah. Motors. They're, they're coming out. They got the tracks, They got the Equinox EV. You know, the unfortunate reality with these affordable vehicles is that... And we've done a... We actually commissioned a study at Car Edge on this for, for full-size pickup trucks. They never make the entry-level trim option. So we get news today from Chevy. The first Equinox EV to reach dealerships will be priced at $50,000, $49,000. The original target was $30,000. There will be a base model, but now the base model is going to be $35,000. The really you got to be kidding me here is like, you give us a sliver of hope and then you take it right away. And we see this to be very clear across most makes and models. The entry level trim is not being produced. If it is being produced, the base MSRP has gone up. And in most instances, the only option are the highest trim level options because they're the most profitable for the automakers really you got to be kidding me here from Chevy and from from GM pops up.
0: it it is it is unfortunate that that they hype an inexpensive vehicle and then they bring out something other than that um and and let's you know even if they were even if they could have kept the base vehicle below 30 but right now it's below 35. Even if they could have done that, even if below 35, what do you think the percentage of base vehicles would be that they plan to build? 2%, 3%, 4%, 5% maybe? It ain't going to be 30% or 40% or 50%, okay? So... They 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 hype the inec- how inexpensive something is, and then they don't build it in numbers that could satisfy the demand that there would be for it. Um, yeah, that that that's a really you got to be kidding me because it
1: just continues to piss your customers off. Um, and the dealer pops and the dealer like look at this from Brian right here. He says yeah. Toyota is guilty of this too price a vehicle at 29000 but you can't find a single one that doesn't have five add-ons from the port that pushes the price to 34000 This is what we were talking about with the distributors here in the United States for Toyota, or in the instance of GM and other automakers, they come out at one price point and then the dealers only get their hands on the more expensive options. And then you know what's the, the sick irony in all of this, dad, is then because there's so much demand at a sub $30,000 price point, and the dealership has two of them, what do they do? they mark it up because they only have two
0: and they have and they have 22 customers that want to buy it so they mark it up and and that is a function of the manufacturer refusing to produce them in the numbers that would meet demand it's it, everything is stacked against the
1: consumer Yeah, it is until we vote with our wallets enough, and that's honestly what's happening right now as inventory starts to uh, starts to build back up. It is
0: once again time to to reference the movie Network. (laughs) I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. That's the position that the American car buyers have to take when it comes to the pricing of these vehicles. We're mad as hell, and we're not going to pay that anymore. We're just not. Okay? You can sit on that stuff. You can choke on that stuff. We don't care. You start building the stuff that we want to buy, that we can afford to buy.
1: Because what's going to happen is the dealers are going to start putting the pressure back on the OEMs. That's already happening. The yeah. OEMs eventually will be looking at the dealers to take more inventory and they'll just literally give them the bird. <laughs> they'll say no. Yeah. You know? So it, it, it does have this almost cascading effect when we make decisions. And we talked about this. I'll share the screen really quickly. We talked about this. If you didn't watch our video over on the Car Edge channel, it's I think one of the best videos we've done in a long time. It's this one right here. The Karma Strikes. Car dealers screwed customers. Now they're paying the price real numbers. What we talk about in this entire video is floor plan costs and how dealers are now looking at their their income statements and they're thinking, holy crap, we got tens of millions of dollars, soon to be quarterly, a hundred plus million dollars just tied up in interest expense on cars we can't sell. That will have a cascading impact all the way back up to the OEM and will ultimately should revert our market back towards normal, which is, you know, you know prices that people can actually afford. That being said, uh, yeah, yeah, go for yes. it.
0: No, I was just gonna say I I hope that happens.
1: I hope so too. Yeah. I was just gonna say that being said, there are still success stories going on in our community. Slippy here saying thanks for all you do, uh, the products you provide to us. Purchased the Subaru, sent four thousand dollars below MSRP score. That's awesome. From TKO, we've got gents. Thanks for your help in the Car Edge reports. You just got a great deal below the Car Edge fair price for a Badlands Bronco focusing on the -the out-the-door price. We have, whether it's the CarEdge report, the Car Edge fair price algorithm, uh, free deal school, our email templates. If you are in the market to buy a car, if you know someone that's in the market to buy a car, you need to start your journey at CarEdge.com. Do not get screwed. Have an awesome experience. And if you want, we can even help. So please, please, please go check out. I love the new homepage, man. I am very biased, but I love our new homepage with you and me on it. And a friendly reminder... Yes. Under resources is the podcast page. So please, we are, we are shamelessly for a week just requesting as many reviews and listens of Auto Insider. And if you scroll down this show, Daily News You Can Use, we're shamelessly, you know, we're shilling for as many listeners and viewers over on those platforms so that we can uh, get my dad to the number one now in leisure, not just number one in auto, number one in leisure. When you think leisure, you think Ray Shefska. That's you, what we you want think,
0: to. You think Ray Shefska in a 100% polyester leisure suit. Yes, indeed. And somewhere, you know, maybe at your sister's house, there are probably some pictures of me. Um uh, wandering through the car lot wearing one of my leisure suits um, because everybody did back
1: then. I, I don't know why, but we did. Look at this from uh, from Mama Topes. As I deal on a Gladiator that's been on the lot for 70 days, I mentioned I'm sure they aren't happy that their floor plan, about their floor plan right now. The salesman was speechless. Still waiting for another... <laughs> Yeah. I'm a toad. We love that. Yeah, Talk about this stuff. The dealers know it the sales honestly, you know who might not know it, the sales people might not know it although I'm sure their GMs and sales managers are saying sell cars, sell cars, sell cars. Um but everyone, this is not, there are no secrets on this channel, Pops. Like this is all well-known industry information. You just got to leverage it, you know, to your advantage.
0: Yeah, I mean, most customers don't know about that as an expense for the dealership. Um, and and listen, I can sit here and I can assure you that many people out there think, well, if the car's fifty thousand dollars, well, the dealer's making twenty thousand when they sell it. They're not. Um, there isn't that type of margin built into the vehicles, but there are costs associated with having that inventory on your lot that plays into motivating a dealer to get rid of it. And and floor plan is
1: one of those things. We, um, we actually just want to be very clear back on the car edge.com website. We have a car search. So when you search for, let's do a 2023 Jeep gladiator. So when you search for this vehicle, yes, we are one of, I think we're the only car search right there. It tells you how long it's been on the market. 305 days, 336 days, 299 days. And we also even have a filter over here. For days on market, so if you want to look at those that are only 120 to yeah 400 days, there you go. You can actually filter by that as well as save your searches. And then when you click into a vehicle, you can see even more data as well as run a Car Edge report. So we have and, a whole really kick ass. I think. System how, behind much, the how much? How much does that cost? That's free, right there, man. Free. Oh my god! No. Car Edge reports cost some money. Yeah, but you can get yeah. three for free or three fair price and out. And, anyway, and, you and, have and some for free. And let's say this, that that
0: the days on market, days on lot can be off because if a dealer starts advertising that vehicle on their website when it's in transit, we count that as a day on market. It doesn't count for them towards their floor plan until the vehicle actually arrives. So if, if, if they showed it for 60 days while it was in transit, and and we show it as being 120 days in inventory. True. Well, that might mean it's only really been 60 days in inventory, but still they would be motivated to get rid of it at that point or should be.
1: We'll be back tomorrow, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern time. We should also plan on doing like an incentives review once the, the November incentives come out. So stay tuned. We'll be talking about that more and more. Used car oh, prices. We have an update from Black Books. We got to talk about that. There's so much that we can chat about tomorrow, and we hope you join us, Dad. Thank you for your time. As always, I am so freaking excited for you, man. To Me see too. in podcast your face I, popping up—that just it puts a huge smile on my
0: face. My my, my face is is kind of like horse poop. Suddenly, it's everywhere, um,
1: and I, I'm not sure how I feel about that. But I was talking to a friend yesterday, uh, someone that I met recently, and um, I was telling him about the, about the podcast. And she was like, oh my gosh, is your dad famous? And I was like, you know, like, like no, but I guess a little bit. Like, I guess enough. Like, I guess a little bit. Because look at that. It's because of the people that trust you, dad, the voice that you bring, your rationale. Like, you have this connection to me, obviously, and to, to everyone that's a part of our community. And because of that, you know, I got to tell tell Cindy, yeah, he's. I guess he's a little famous. I guess so. I mean, it's pretty <laughs> damn cool, dad. It makes me feel really... Makes me feel really proud of us.
0: Can I can I assure you that being that famous, when I when I order a steak sandwich at Florida Cold Cuts, it costs me the same thirteen dollars it costs anybody else, and and every time I order it, they go, "Who are you again, Shefska. <laughs> Last name's shevska They don't know. Nobody
1: there. I'm not famous.
0: <laughs> a little bit.
1: We'll see you guys all back here tomorrow. Love you, pops.
0: Yep. Love you too, handsome. Thank you, everybody, for being here.